Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Pathways to Profitability podcast. Our guest today is Mark James of Performance Advisors Group. Mark, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to talking to you and your audience this morning. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing with our audience your story, but let's just start with a little bit about you and, and the company. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a small farming community in northern Illinois. I live in northern Illinois today. I've lived in some other places and so I grew up in a small business family. So business was always sort of, you know, in my world as a kid growing up. And, and I believe everybody should at one point or another work in retail because that's really where the wheels of commerce begin to turn for everything. Oh, yeah. So came up in a small business family, uh, went, to, went to business school, uh, was in a number of different uh, positions in my career in sales and marketing. I was in the oil business. I was in the securities industry. Uh, incentive and motivation programmings, uh, which is some of what the things I do today. So, uh, and I always knew that I wanted to be in business for myself. Right. Um, I would consider myself an ardent capitalist, and and believe in 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 enterprise. So uh, that's what's led me to where I am today. So thinking back on that very diverse career, right? Yeah, it'll be. A- what was the thing, or the person, or the like, the trigger that said? I'm going to do this on my own. Part of it was growing up in a family where my parents owned and operated a retail jewelry store. So there, you know, I was around businesses from early on. And for some reason, just the, the, the thought of the thought of being in business for myself was always appealing to me. I knew I wasn't going to be taking over the jewelry store. I never really had any interest in that. And my parents didn't push me to that. They let me do, you know, what I wanted to do. So it, it came from a number of different places. I can't put my finger on any one particular thing, but it, it, I just always sort of knew at, at some level that I wanted to be in business for myself, maybe because I like being in control, <laughs> like all of <laughs> us, right? That's a good trait to have, Well, kind of, right? yeah. You want to be in control to some extent, so uh, that was part of right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah, so obviously you worked with your parents, so you were surrounded by that that entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, I always say, and you'll hear me through this podcast over and over again, say we had to get those experiences in order to be where we are today, right? Oh, yeah. So so without that, that grind, that working for someone else, not being in control and being the learner, all those things need to come together at a point in our life where it makes sense to be our own boss and, and start this journey of entrepreneurship. Oh, absolutely. I, and I think you have to have experienced it. Oh yeah. Whether as an employee or in some other forms or fashion, uh, because it could be lonely being a business for yourself. I, oh, in yeah. fact, I was having a conversation yesterday with a, uh, a marketing intern that I'm mentoring for a, a organization. I belong to a nonprofit and, I was telling her yesterday about what the people you'll encounter in life who are entrepreneurs and a couple of things about being an entrepreneur. There, are, there is always a struggle between two emotions for a lot of entrepreneurs. 
on the one hand is the is, is the, uh, the emotion of sheer joy right. and exhilaration because you're doing it and you're on your own. You're making the decisions. You're in control. Right. The competing emotion is sheer terror. Oh, yeah. Because, because if things go south, yeah. <laughs> it's on you and it's all on you. And so you have a lot of tremendous response. You have a lot of tremendous, that's a redundant comment, the statement. You have a tremendous amount of responsibility. Right. Not only for yourself, but if you have employees, exactly. for customers, for your family. So there's always a struggle between those two emotions. The key is to keep those in check, but recognize that on the extreme, in the extremes, right? It's exhilarating, but at the same time, very terrifying. All right, it's the peaks and valleys of owning a business. It's yeah. the you know the the high emotion, the low emotion, and just know that when you're on the high, the low's going to come, and when you're in the low, the high's going to come. Yes, and just you know. Being able to manage where you are at that moment in time and just have your your eye set on what's to come. Yeah, it kind of reminds, I, I, I always remind myself of, uh, of, in one of Rudyard Kipling's writings, I don't remember which of his writings it was, but he said that in life you must meet with triumph and tragedy, but treat the two imposters just the same. Wow. I love that. Uh, so um, that, that, that's how you kind of help control and make sure you're staying, you're staying in your, your place of equilibrium, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned mentorship with your intern. Um, and I love that. I, I enjoy mentoring others. It's so rewarding. Mm, yeah. And just to be able yeah. to pass our experiences and our knowledge. But other than your parents and in their business and your your early, earlier uh, career, is there someone else that really stands out to you? And you don't have to use their name, but is there someone else that really stands out to you that yeah. gave you a specific skill or a set of skills that helped you make the decision to go out on your own? Yeah, there are, there are a couple of individuals real quickly. Um, one was a gentleman that I worked for when I was in the oil business uh, early on. Um, it was in commercial industrial sales. So I was selling lubricants and fuels to contractors, manufacturing facilities, uh, local municipalities. He was my boss and he was a very enlightened guy. Um, and I was fortunate to work for a lot of managers who were really good. I also worked for some that weren't so good. We've all been there. Uh, but this particular gentleman really stood out in that he, in his own way, he encouraged me to uh, think for myself to think responsibly about, you know, how to, how to get the job best done and to, to understand that the customer may or may not be right, but the customer is always the customer. Right. So that's one individual. Another individual who I still see every Sunday when we go to church, I, I go to the church where I grew up. Um, he's a gentleman that he's in his, I think he's in his late eighties, early nineties now. And he's, he's kind of slowed down quite a bit, but he, when I was a kid, I grew up in a small town, so the, the fire department of the town was a volunteer fire department. Well, he was responsible for the maintenance of all the fire, the, the fire trucks mm -hmm. and all the equipment. And I used to go down and help him every Saturday with maintenance on the trucks. He showed me how to run a pumper. You know, when you go to a fire and there's a pumper that has to take the, the water from the, the fire hydrant right. to the hoses that they're using. So he showed me how to run the pumper. He showed me how to wear and use a Scott air pack, which is the air, air thing that they use when they go into fires mm -hmm. and um, just kind of uh, being around him and learning those kinds of things and sort of being hands on. Right. I think gives you a little level of um, not only satisfied my curiosity, but also um, 
showed me or demonstrated to me that I can do stuff that maybe I didn't know before. Right. Because quite often as an entrepreneur, um, you have to do a lot of things. You have to shovel coal sometimes when nobody else can or would do it. And I can imagine all your friends were jealous because you could be on the pumper truck, right? <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of a cool, cool experience. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, to have those those individuals in our lives, I think, is key, even though it might not be directly yep. related to what you are doing today. There's still skills that we learn in those moments and in those relationships. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, life is a culmination of what we learn and what we experience exactly. and what we do with those experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the business now, uh, Performance Advisors Group. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really stands out to me in our relationship and in our conversations and your messaging on your website is you bring business owners peace of mind. Yeah. That's one of, that's my passion. Yes. My primary passion. Right. So talk to us a little bit about that. How do you do that? What's that, what's that all about? Because you as a business owner, of course, need to have <laughs> peace of mind. I as a business owner need to have peace of mind. And yeah, so many business owners don't because of the stress of everything yep. they need to do in their business. Yeah. The inspiration for that passion came from earlier in my career, dealing with all different sorts of businesses in the various positions I was in when I had corporate jobs. And uh, uh, I, I observed that so many businesses struggle at, or outright fail because they, they just can't see the, for the forest for the trees sometimes, or they're, they're, just, they're just so overwhelmed that they just need an independent set of eyes and ears to help them out. So my passion was, um, you know, how to how to get people out of that mode where they're constantly struggling, or maybe there's the business and they are circling the drain, so to speak, uh, uh, and and help helping them to step back and say, okay, let's take let's take this challenge and drill down and find where the root causes of the problem are, so that we can solve them. Because what happens when you get into a sort of a, a panic mode or you don't know what to do? You start grasping and, and striking out at things that have nothing to do with solving your problem. Right. Uh, it's the easy it, stuff. Yeah. Right? We yeah. You're doing the easy stuff, stuff or you're attacking symptoms and not problems. Exactly. In fact, mm -hmm. one of the one of my favorite statistics, which is admittedly unsettling, but I use it when I'm discussing opportunities with clients to improve their business, is uh, the fact that um, for a typical organization, this is research from the conference board, Nearly two-thirds of employees are only one-third as productive as they could be because they simply don't understand what they're being asked to do. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it basically, it's a communication challenge. Right. Right. So, it, and it goes back to the mentorship, right? Yes. And getting a, a leader or an owner to recognize uh, that they have a response. One of their primary responsibilities as a leader of an organization is to make sure your people have a clear and unambiguous understanding of what's, what's expected, what we're here to do, what our, what our vision is, what our core values are. Another one of my favorite statistics uh, from the Human Capital League research, again, for a typical organization, only 42% of the employees even know what their own organization's values, mission, and vision are. So it's a little difficult to deliver on, on those things if people, if more than half of your employees don't know what those things are. So again, it's a communication challenge and communication problems 
are a very common source of business issues or, or a lack of performance in businesses. Right. And, you know, that leads to employee retention and the cost of turnover yeah. and, you know, just having you know, that open communication to be able to brainstorm or, or vent even to, to a superior. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there are five questions. I, I, I talk about this quite a bit. I, I, I do public speaking uh, right. on business topics. And I also use these five questions when I'm working with clients on this particular issue of communication. Right. There are five questions that employees are always asking that you really need to make sure you're answering because if they don't have an answer in front of them, they're going to make it up. And human nature is we're going to, human nature is like, you know, nature pours a vacuum in human nature. If we don't have an answer to a question, we're going to fill in the blanks. Exactly. And sometimes what we fill in may not be accurate. Right. So the five questions are, what is it you want me to do as an employee? Right. How should I do it? Which has implications for learning and skill sets. Right. How am I doing at it? Which is what I call the performance question. People need to, to know how they're doing at any point in time. And the feedback needs to be in the moment as much as possible. Exactly. The fourth question is, why should I do it? Or alternatively put, what's in it for me? I call it the motivation question. Mm -hmm. And then the last question people are always asking in an organization is, where am I going? What's my future here? Right. So it's important. So a very simple way to start to address whatever communication barriers or challenges may be in organizations, start by examining, do my people, do my employees have the proper answers to those five questions? And understand the answers to those five. Yes, and understand them. Yeah, yeah. an answer is an answer, but understanding may be something exactly. entirely different. Yeah, and just right. investing that interest in um, giving your employees that time changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. So implications for the in, in those answers, there's implications, obviously, of the for the customer experience, uh, for employer retention, even for attracting, because one of the first things you should do when you're looking at a new hire is to make sure they have those questions answered up front as early as possible in the hiring of the onboarding process. So for employee experience, the customer experience, and obviously for results. Yeah, and happy employees makes for a, a positive path for the business. Absolutely. I mean, we you know so many business owners don't look at their employees as, I'll call it an asset of the company, because they are. They're not on the balance sheet, but they, you know, they're, yeah. they're the most important asset of the company. It is. Uh, and what, what I find interesting about about this part of our conversation is that I, what, what encourages me about the future is that I'm finding more and more businesses and leaders are beginning to recognize that you can no longer just give lip service to having the right culture and having engaged and satisfied and loyal employees. You really have to work at it. Mm -hmm. And more and more, as they say, owners and business leaders are making the connection that there is a financial impact by having highly engaged and loyal and satisfied employees uh, who are um, in, in touch with and aligned with the values, mission, and vision of the organization. It's very important. Very well said. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. So how do you define business success, not only for yourself, but for your clients as well? I define it as, and, and this relates to uh, peace of mind, you know, being having the peace of mind as a business owner, is getting is having the business in a state where growth is sustainable, right? And you're leveraging your competitive advantage. 
whatever that may be. Right. And, and, and my definition of competitive advantage, it's actually from Jeffrey Gittimer, who I've, uh, one of my favorite authors, and he's in the sales world. Mm-hmm. His definition of competitive advantage is that something that you're really good at that's important to your customers. You can be really good at something, but if no one cares, it's not really a competitive advantage. Exactly. So, so um, business success, uh, and you can get into the numbers and and metrics and measures for each business to to measure that success. But, but just from a from a, a big picture point of view, it is having your business in a state where it's high performing, such that you're, the growth that you're achieving is sustainable. You're not, you're not on the, the dolphin ride on the waves. Exactly. Yep. And you're doing some things that are creating or sustaining a competitive advantage versus your competitors. So simple, right? That's business success. Yeah. And then from that flows peace of mind, it, at least in terms of the nearly all of the business owners or leaders that I've met, um, if they could have sustainable growth and a com- true competitive advantage, that's a really good source of peace of mind. Right, and a team that gets it and wants to be there and is aligned yeah. with the values of the organization. Yep. Sounds aligned so simple, the- right? <laughs> it, yes. Here's, you know what? That's that's well said, Cheryl, in that so much of what needs to be solved to help an organization get to sustainable growth and competitive advantage, a lot of it's common sense. Right. But sometimes the, the way to get to that to get to that solution takes a little effort and work. Right, right. But it's not rocket science. Right. But it? it also takes a third party intervention sometimes. Yes. Just because of whatever limitation, education limitation, time limitation, a communication limitation, whatever it is, you know, that's where you come in, of course, where we come in like mm-hmm. the Business owners don't necessarily get the financial aspect of the business. They're good at, I always say, they're good at building their widget, right? Whatever their widget. Yes. All these other things, they need support in. Yeah, I found the most successful businesses are the ones that are enlightened enough to recognize that they don't have all the answers themselves. None of us none of us has a corner on the market right. for solutions for everything. We all have something to offer. Exactly. And um, the better organizations are the ones that are willing and have the courage to reach, to do two things, actually, to reach out and seek help from outside resources, people who can have that independent set of eyes and ears right. and can see through the clutter and help help you get accelerate your trip to getting to root causes to solve. Right. And the, the other thing is, is getting owners and, and leaders to recognize and have the courage to ask their own people, tell us what we're doing right. wrong. What do you need, right? Yeah, what do you what do you need? Tell us what we're doing wrong. And that sometimes takes courage because one of the one of the challenges, especially for people who come into a leadership role for the first time, and what's amazing in it, at least in America, the statistics indicate that someone who comes into a managerial role for the first time, 90% of them have had no formal training or experience in how to lead. Right. So um, they, they come in sort of at a disadvantage. They have sort of one arm tied behind their back. And as a result, they struggle to be managers and then their people struggle as well. And part of that is I, I've seen this play out uh, and it doesn't happen all the time. But sometimes when people come into a leadership role for the first time, mm-hmm. because they're a leader, they've they've convinced themselves that they have to have all the answers. Right. They have to be in control and because they have responsibilities. All right. And I try to work to undo that thinking because um, the best leaders out there are the ones that recognize that we may need help and 
to be open to uh, to open to hearing what people had to say. Right. And when you when you ask that question as a leader, tell us what we're doing wrong. You better be prepared to listen carefully to what people have to say, and then do something about it and work through it. Yeah. Because if you if you don't if you don't if you don't listen and you don't do anything and people talk, the next time you ask, you're likely to hear crickets. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. And all of this, like that, I love that because it's, you know, so many people think of, oh, I need to bring someone in for this, but it's, a, you know, it's another expense. It's another uh, cost. Yeah. I try to change their mindset and people need to think about it as an investment yep. in the future. If they want to be successful, you need to invest today to get to point B. It's not going to happen if you don't make those investments. Absolutely. And it has to be yeah, an investment versus an expense to be managed mindset. Exactly. For those of us who are, cons- I'm a business consultant. For those of us who are, who are in that role, right. I'm always on the lookout for, you know, I want to get a sense of if I'm talking to a prospect, what's their mindset about how we're going to work together. Right. Yeah, if it's all about price, it's not. They're not thinking about the future. Yeah, so um, yeah, so they, they 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 need to have that investment mentality, and and it makes the job so much easier. Oh yeah, and we're able to go farther and faster with when we have a client who gets that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so much for being here. How can our audience find you? Well, you can find me on the internet at uh, www.performadvisors with an O.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Look me up there. I welcome many and all connections. And uh, anybody who, even if you just want to ask a question or have a conversation about what's going on in business, very happy to do it. And uh, again, I appreciate Cheryl, you having me on this morning. I'm very honored to be here. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Great conversation. There's so many ways we could have gone. With oh that. yeah, we could do hours of this, right? Yeah, we could, <laughs> three hours later, we're still chatting, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark. My pleasure. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your, your wealth of knowledge with our audience. Thank you very much. And to our audience, Mark has offered for you to reach out to him so feel free to use him as a resource he is a wealth of knowledge thank you so much for tuning in and have a beautiful day that's it for today's episode of pathways to profitability remember to ask yourself where can i pay my success forward today 